the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, thanks for joining us on Take 10. We come to you every week with a topic dealing with mental health and related issues involving caregiving. And we've got a couple of experts who help us with that. I'm Ron Aaron, our co-host, Dr. Jamie Heisman and Carol Zerniel. Dr. Jamie is the Chief Compassion Officer, Project Omega for WellMed Medical Management. He's a nationally known psychotherapist and expert in the field of not only caregiving, but also in, in the issue of addictions. Dr. Jamie is an innovator who has spent 30 more, more years looking at the kinds of issues we are talking about today and trying to help individuals and caregivers. Carol Zerniel is the executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. You may know her as well as the past chairman of the board of the National Council on Aging. She's got a master's degree in social gerontology and was Next Avenue's top 50 influencer on aging. And Carol, you make me angry. I'm going to rage. Well, you know, that's a great topic for us today, Jamie. Uh, rage. I'm not just angry. I actually feel rage. And how many of us as caregivers have been so angry, full of rage at the person we're caring for, at a family member, at a doctor? I mean, rage is, a, is part of the whole caregiving package. It is, Carol. And interesting enough, as a, as a therapist, years ago, of course, we have so many modalities that felt that we really could feel better, right? After therapeutic rage, going into a room, getting an encounter back, beating a pillow or a bed until you get tired and you're actually sweating and then screaming at the top of your lungs, if you will. That was part of therapy, interesting enough. And it was actually a therapy modality that a lot of people went to and still do today. But I would love our audience to understand that there's a, a, a real difference between anger and rage. You know, anger, I think caregivers see as something that's that's not allowed, that's not something they, they can articulate, that they, they may make somebody upset or they may not make somebody in front of them happy in some way. So they feel anger on a frustrated basis, but they don't express it, right? So they stuff it and stuff it and stuff it. So, I mean, caregivers, when they don't acknowledge this and keep pushing it down and putting on their best face and a mask and stuffing it, is setting themselves up just like the Titanic set itself up with that iceberg to have those moments when they're triggered to be all out rage. I'm hearing you. There's a pathway from anger to rage. There is. And anger is also an okay thing. I mean, if you look at species across the anthropological world here and that go from lions to us to pick your choice, anger is a real instinctual issue that we deal with. And anger is important. And anger tells people in done the proper way, that we have boundaries that do not really cross this boundary that I can get angry in the moment and then I can let go of that anger. And I don't even go revisit it. And to, to myself or to a clinician or to, a, we like to tell caregivers, that's very appropriate anger. That's something we can have. That's called boundary protection. And I think we should all have that. 
Now, rage is a different story. Rage is something that's stuffed in, not only because the caregiver doesn't articulate their anger in the moment or lay out those boundaries or gets feeling this concept of guilt, but what rage actually is, it's a trigger of the past. It's a side of you, kind of a dark side often, that you're speaking as if you're in the child world instead of the adult world. And so whatever's happening in the moment of frustration and confusion, you're telling yourself negative things going down a rabbit hole and you're being triggered by childhood. So I would ask that person, what part of you is actually raging? How do you know? Well, that's a clinical thing. And I think it's so much an important thing for us to get in touch with. You know, this is really the rage is, is a, a terrible gift, if you will, that there is a lot more to tend to inside of ourselves that whatever's mixing in the moment that we're not expressing is mixing with the childhood that we didn't express. And then we're kind of combustible. So I really believe that we have to first discern what's healthy anger. Yeah, people get angry. You look, people, if I cross your boundary, Ron, I bet you'll get angry, right? But I still love you. We know our intent. And so I can actually, you know, walk away and, and you can walk away from the experience realizing we have boundaries. We know our intent. It all's cool. But our caregivers don't know that. And what they tend to do is they get stuffed that feeling. They get feeling guilty. And then they start turning the anger inward, which is called depression. Or the anger outward, which is just more rage. I want to let those who have just joined us know you're listening to Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-hosts, Carol Zernil and Dr. Jamie Heisman. We are talking about rage and anger and how they differ and how important they are in our lives, how you control them and manage them. Carol? Well, Jamie, I heard you mention guilt. And if you've ever thrown a fit, if you've ever had a, you know, an incident of rage and you've taken it out on anybody that you love or care about, then you feel guilty. You know, I know it just it leaves you exhausted and you feel guilty. Have we done damage when we express rage to uh, in our relationships? What what do we apologize? Do people understand what do we do when we've had the meltdown and now we regret it? Well, if you're not psychopathologically diagnosed with a borderline personality disorder or narcissistic personality disorder, which is actually, you know, eight to nine percent of our population, which have little or no empathy and no accountability, you're still okay. But you're only okay, Carol, if you go to that particular person, because, yes, you've done some emotional damage, I'm sure. Um, and the other person, you know, may, you know, you're, it's not your responsibility to take it personal. They can call their therapist. But you have created something that when you start reflecting on it. Maybe you could have done a different way. So my suggestion to caregivers is love yourself, be compassionate, forgive yourself. But if you do that, go ahead, take ownership of it. Do what you just said. Uh, say, listen, I, I might have been out of line. I'd like to you know, make amends here. I, I understand how you feel. Remember, these are all empathy and accountability. And can we go on? So it's fine. America and people love a redemption story. It's just not so great when you just stuff it and walk away after that. Are the triggers that cause rage different in everybody? They are, Ron. But, you know, there is something, you know, our parents really didn't have a playbook, right? So a lot of our triggers literally is our mom or dad, you know, kind of are they're rearing us. We're frustrated. We call it complex PTSD. So, yes, there's different cues and triggers. And that's the, the key to this. If everybody's like crying and out, not knowing what they're doing, the cues and triggers is the key here, y'all. Cues and triggers come from the first 10 years of our lives. So when we start really getting triggered up, we should be well aware with a therapist, certainly, you know, more than just an educational anger management course, which heads us to our head. We should really be prepared to explore the triggers in our environment that's kicking in these unresolved issues. The issues can be resolved. There's some great trauma, you know, 
interventions that we can do for ourselves and others can do for us. But we can also avoid that sort of outburst and rage if we just start eliminating or not going near the triggers, which we then kind of find out with a therapist or there. What would be some of the examples of those kinds of triggers in, in childhood? Well, I'll give you a great one here. I mean, any abuse that you possibly have as a child that you've not expressed to your quote unquote abuser or sometimes perpetrator, you're going to stuff, you're going to put inside yourself, whatever that type of abuse is. When you do grow up and you connect with your partner, whether it's a female or male partner, you know, it doesn't really matter, but the characteristics of your partner, your intimate partner, you're going to kind of come clean and, and kind of use what you didn't express in childhood and rage and yell and be angry with them. And that's how divorces often happen, is when a loved one doesn't go seek therapy to understand why they're angry. Usually it's not the person in front of them. Usually it's something that happened in their childhood. You've done counsel, uh, couples therapy, Jamie? Absolutely, for many years. And the, the triggers and cues are something that we need to discuss among each other so that each partner doesn't take it personal. I know there's partners who've just been yelled and screamed and ranted and raved. And again, if you have a personality disorder, there's nothing you can do but get the heck out because that person has zero insight. But two people who want to work it out can talk about that with each other and talk about their triggers from childhood. And the individual should pursue, you know, healing those triggers. And then you'll find out, you know, it's messy, but you'll, you'll get through with accountability and empathy. Carol, you get the last word. Well, Jamie, if people want to find a counselor, where do they go? I have a feeling a lot of caregivers don't access help when they need it. I agree, Carol. Thanks for asking that because it's so critical. It's our first step, but they won't bite. It's not electric convulsive therapy or lobotomies. Um, It is just talking like chicken soup. Please go to Psychology Today. I think that's the best search engine out there. I write for that magazine. Go to the front page. Put your zip code in. You'll get about 30 therapists around you within the five-mile area. And then look at their descriptions, their pictures, call them, interview them, um, and see which one you feel I call autonomically safe, neurologically safe with, and go to them. Perfect. Or look for a Dr. Jamie Clone. Thanks for listening to Take 10. For Dr. Jamie Heisman and Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. Talk with you soon on Take 10. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.